Welcome, jurors, to Dueling Advocates, where everybody gets an advocate. In today's case, we will evaluate the nature of high rental prices. Yeah, honestly, I think that the real estate price has gone way too high right now. I mean, and it's funny that it doesn't go down even during pandemics. It doesn't go down during market crashes. Even when the price of the house is tanking, rent seems to always stay the same or go up. Yeah, there's definitely something wrong with rent. It's way too high. No, it's working exactly as it's designed to work. And the reason rents stay the same or go up during economic hardship is because that's when it's most in demand. So if, if people are losing their jobs, they're losing their homes, and they need to find places to stay, and they can't afford to purchase a place, they're going to look for a place to rent. And when you have hordes of people all trying to rent at the same time, you get competition. Competition creates an increase in the price. It creates demand. So when supply is down and demand is up, you get higher prices. No, but at the same time, people can't afford the higher prices and you just get a whole bunch of homeless people. So no, I mean, no, no, it's no. not like it's not like this is you're just going to end up having to get Section 8 housing or something like that. The last time the market crashed, one of the worst things, too, is that then they're going to go to their banks or they're going to go all over the place. and They're going to say, let me refinance the house so that it's at a, the lower value and they want to pay the taxes for a lower value but convenient that even though they get it at the lower value, they're going to try and increase the rent. That's pretty messed up. That's so messed up. remember, if, if the, you said a few things there, right? So, yeah. so one of the first things you said was that they, they can't even afford the higher rent prices, so they end up just being homeless. No, there's a cap. The cap is what the market will bear. So if, if your prospective tenants can't afford to pay your super high rent, then it doesn't rent. Now, if your goal is to rent the property, then you have to meet somewhere in the middle where, where you can get a tenant that you will feel comfortable having in your property at a rate that they feel comfortable paying. So that's how the free market works. The, the places will rent and people will be able to afford the rent just because you can't have rent that is above what people are willing to pay unless you, as the landlord, are willing to not rent out your property. And then the the other thing that you said about how, you know, the landlords might be able to cut a break on their taxes but still want to rent something at, at a higher rate, that that may happen, but usually that's not the case because number one, the government is not going to want to lower the taxes, and number two, even if they do catch a break on the taxes, they may still have to cut their their rental rate. They they can try to keep it at the high rate. But if the whole reason their property is worth less is because the economy is tanking and prices are dropping, they're going to still have to find a number that yields a tenant. Otherwise, what's the point of paying less taxes when you're running at a loss because you can't rent out your unit? And that's kind of the inhuman aspect of it, too. Like, yeah, they can go two, three months with it not rented while they're trying to hold that value. But a person having to do two, three months and not being able to afford it, that does lead to some form of homelessness. Well, you're assuming that the landlord is not on a budget and can hold out for a few months. There's plenty of people who speculated during the last uh, housing boom and they, they purchased homes that they could barely afford in the hopes that they could rent it out for that price. And even if they, they're not 
creating a profit off of it, just being able to own a home for zero out-of-pocket cost was was preferable to them. And, and they, they decided to make that decision. But now if they run into that situation where they can't find a renter or they have to rent it for below their cost, they're in a hardship position as well. So, so you can't really just make that assumption saying that all these landlords have tons of money where they can go three months without an income. You know what? A lot of these landlords have a lot of money, but even so, if the landlord doesn't pay that first month on the property, what happens? If he can't make the mortgage payment on the first month, what happens? On the first month, they charge you a fee. And Second they, month. Well, the, I wasn't done, right? So on okay. the first month, you, you can't pay. They charge you a late fee, assuming you paid late, right? But you're going to get the fee either way. And then they're probably going to hire an inspector to go to the house to make sure that you're not letting the house go derelict. And, and then they're probably going to begin foreclosure proceedings. Usually they don't do foreclosure proceedings from the first missed payment. But if it's in this scenario where there's an economic issue going on and lots of people are having trouble with their, their mortgages, then yeah, they, they might immediately start the proceedings. You see, so they don't, they don't usually do it in the first month. You usually get two or three. And I mean, if we're even talking about a situation like this where you're not allowed to even kick people out. So it's, let's just admit that this, let's not think pandemic. I'd say we should probably lead towards, lean towards the economic crisis that we had previously because pandemic is weird and government's doing some weird stuff right now where they're, they're footing the bill for a lot of things that they've got no business even being involved in. So I don't think we can do a discussion around what's going on right now. But in like a previous situation where foreclosure would last, let's say a month before the start, I should say not last, they would take a month or two mispayments, send an inspector out, et cetera. So in a situation like that, it looks to me like the actual landlord does get a bit of a break, two months. And when it comes to a person though, needing a place, you know, they don't get two months break. I mean, that is what I mean when I say homelessness. There, there should be a certain level of, I mean, conscience. There's a reason that they feel like these landlords lack conscience, right? It's like, would it kill them to lower the price when they sit at their tenants that may have been great tenants for three or four years came up on financial hardships because of economic problems? Well, you're, 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 again, you're making a whole bunch of assumptions, right? So, so the, the whole thing about them having a few months because of foreclosure doesn't, doesn't mean anything because the people looking for a place to stay, they probably have a buffer as well. They're probably not going to be homeless that same day. You know, imagine how hard it is to, to go out there shopping for a place to live when you're already homeless. It, it doesn't work that way. They, they probably see the, the writing on the wall from wherever they're staying currently, and they've begun the search and they probably themselves have a few months to go looking. Whereas the landlord during these few months that nobody's paying him rent because he's being so generous as, as to give it away for free so that somebody else doesn't have to go homeless. Now they're accruing debt. Remember, you might be able to be absolved of your rental payment by the landlord if they're so gracious, but the landlord is never absolved of his debt. So if he has a loan that he has to pay for, for this property, 
that just accrues. If he, if he doesn't get your rent and he can't make that mortgage payment that month, it doesn't just disappear because he was nice enough to say, oh, you don't have to pay me this month to, to his renters. Instead, it just gets added plus a late fee, plus whatever inspection fees the mortgage is going to charge, plus having to deal with their foreclosure proceedings. And then the next month and then the next month. And then on top of that, you think the, the lender is the, is the only one wanting the, their money and demanding their money contractually? No, you, you have the government because nobody truly owns their property in this country. So the government, the ultimate landlord is breathing down your neck saying, hey, where's my monthly rental payment, which they call taxes. So if you have an issue with a landlord charging too much for taxes or charging you or charging too much for rent or charging you rent at all because you know, you're having a hardship, well then take it up with the, the real landlord, your local representatives for the government because yep. they set the tax rates. Well, here's the thing. I am taking, when we say rent's too high, I'm not saying it's only the landlord that's the problem. Landlords are douchebag, absolutely. I'm not going to defend any landlords. But at the same time, the government's also a bunch of douchebags in this situation too. It's like, why is it that there's a house in New York, which you don't even get the land that it's on, and it's valued $2 million. And it's just a garbage, broken down, two-bedroom apartment. And so then... So that's the first problem. They need to start actually sending inspectors to go out there and actually value these properties. The, there's no way that the value is what they say it is. This is just government paying into the pockets of other people and giving and inflating prices. So well, we need to attack the bank, selling a, a $50,000 house for $2 million. We need to audit the government that's then charging property taxes based on the two million and of course they're going to audit it for two million because they get to tax you based on the two million and then the landlord that has to charge you five six thousand dollars a month in rent because he has to pay that loan which is inflated it's a whole inflated trash in which the person that is paying rent is paying rent to live in a cardboard box and they're paying way too much for that box well okay so you said a lot there now the the government inflating the value of the property in order to collect more taxes in a, in the situation where they find themselves where they can't raise the tax rate but they can just raise the value of your property to to apply that tax rate to to in, to increase their tax revenue that's that's one thing but that's nothing to do with the landlord, the landlord is is powerless in that situation. They, they they are a victim of it as much as the the tenant. So again, the landlord is not evil in, in that scenario. But why now, doesn't he call his local congressman or whatever you just say that and you want to accuse the people of doing? Well, that's that's what I'm telling you. Landlords are more likely to do this because they they see what's happening up front. They're the ones directly being affected by the taxes first and they have to pass it on to their tenants. And of course their tenants are gonna say, oh, you know, we can't afford it, it's, it's too much. You've been raising the, the rent. So he's going, or she or other, are, are gonna be the ones that go to their representatives and say, hey, the taxes are too high. Don't, remember, everybody always complains that corporations, landlords, rich people, that they have the ear of the government more than the people. Well. 
they have the ear of the government, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going against the people. Sometimes it's in the people's favor, right? If, if all the people are saying they can't afford to pay the landlord's rent, the landlord is going to say, hey, the taxes are too high. I can't make a living because I can't find tenants to pay me enough to cover your taxes and a reasonable profit, not to mention interest on the loan that I have to pay back if there is one. So now beyond that, you mentioned New York. In New York, they have other issues. So it could be that somebody owns a $2 million tiny little hole and they, they don't want to rent it out for anything less than $70,000 a month. And you're like, well, how, how am I supposed to rent this and make a profit? Let's say it's a commercial space. How am I supposed to make a profit selling shirts or food when I'm already in the hole $70,000 every single month? And then you're like, well, this, this guy is never renting the unit. So what's the point of him listing it at $70,000? Well, there's, there's a myriad of reasons for that. It could be that this person doesn't care. They don't want to rent it out. They just want to own the property as a hedge against whatever other investments they may have. And as an American, someone who's free to own property, it's their choice. If they don't want to rent out the property, unless you really make it worth their while, then they can just leave it vacant. And it could be that instead of them using it as a, as a hedge, maybe they have a loan and the loan specifies, because these commercial loans are not the same as, as residential loans that most people get and are aware of. It could be that they got the commercial loan. The commercial loan specifies you have to have on deposit with this bank that's lending you the money a quarter million dollar buffer for the, for the loan as, a, as some form of collateral. So, okay, fine. And that collateral is based on this unit being able to be rented at $70,000 a month because maybe they purchased it during some height of the economy. Now, if it suddenly rents for $40,000, they need to reevaluate that collateral. And now you might have to make an instant payment to, to the bank of another quarter million dollars to, to make the buffer match what the real estate is now worth. So a lot of these landlords are like, well, I, I can't pay them $250,000 today. So I'd rather just have it sitting there not rented at $70,000 a month where I don't have to pay the bank $250,000 than, than to rent it out at $40,000. And now I instantly am in the hole $250,000. Sounds to me like a little bit of fraudulent action going on there. I mean, sounds like you're trying to pad things and if at the end of the day, it's not renting for 70,000, it's definitely not valid to 70,000. But yeah, I can see what you're saying where they're trying to fraud the, the bank into thinking it is sort of collateral or whatever. Well, That's no, 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 no. Remember, I don't care about the bank either way. I, I don't uh, like bankers either. Bankers are as bad as landlords. So no, no. I well, bankers are worse than landlords. Well, then you're going to like this, right? Because the bankers are also at the mercy of something. Oh, yeah. Government. I was about because, to say that. Because the government doesn't just set the tax rate of the property. It also sets the interest rates of loans. You see, and this is where it gets even better then. I think what these landlord bastards are actually doing, right? You see, what they're actually doing is they're coming into the situation 
And then they're setting this price for $17,000 in New York. And then every one of them set the price for 17 or 16999 And it keeps that value of that neighborhood at that actual number, even though the neighborhood isn't worth $17,000. It's not even worth $1,700. It's a garbage dumpster fire. So the government for once should come in and charge these guys with fraud because the houses aren't worth $17,000. This is well, not an art painting. You don't just get to say, oh yeah, you know, I bought this and based on my feelings, this is valued well, 150000 a month. No, that's not how it works at all. Well, just like you were mistakenly saying about the fraud with the, the mortgage, this is also not fraud because it's not that the landlord is trying to defraud the lender by keeping it at $70,000 a month. It's that he's contractually obligated to do so. He's not calling up the, the lender and saying, hey, oh no, yeah, for sure. It's definitely worth $70,000. So no, that's not the way it works. It's the contract says the moment you rent it out for less than 70, you owe us this money. So there is no communication back and forth with the lender. That's true. I think this is redlining. I think that's what this is. I think they're setting the prices to keep people out of those neighborhoods. That's no, ultimately no, no. what they're doing. No, no. That's okay. what that okay. I'm, I'm getting that feeling. I haven't even gotten to that point yet. I was still talking about your first mistake. Now we're getting to your second mistake where you're assuming that they're all colluding with each other to set a, a price in all order colluding. It's all owned by one guy, Trump Towers, Trump this, Trump that is one person that owns the whole thing. It's not even like it's 10 of them. No, because every single building has a different bank on it, right? This one's owned by City. This one's owned by Bank of America. This one's owned by Chase. Look, it's not one owner. Anyways, they, they're not all colluding to set a price that nobody can afford because that, that makes no sense. You, you, you artificially keep the prices high. Okay, great. You're, you're colluding and you're, you're making sure that property prices stay the same. But at the same time, you're killing the property prices by not allowing the, the free market to take effect and, and set prices accordingly based on the, the situation, what you've done is you've killed the market altogether. So if they do do that, they are basically saying, we don't mind if the entire city just goes bankrupt and all of our properties are worthless which they're not going to do. Do they, they might... write it, Do they get to write that off in taxes as a loss so that they don't have to pay as much? No, not, not exactly. Because it, it depends what the situation is, right? Not it... exactly, you say. You see, Remember, I think that the people are suffering because of these little garbage things that these landlords and business owners and government officials do. That's what's going on right now. No, 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 no. You're, the, you're the, just... The man, the only people that are innocent in this are the citizens everybody else we're getting taken no from no no the citizens people listen listen the citizens listen, are not i feel let me tell my truth i oh, feel like the government and the landlords and all these banks that you just mentioned they're colluding and they're coming together and they're saying you know what we're gonna push these non-essential people out of this city and they do that by setting the price at something where only these millionaires can get into Okay, so no, they they are colluding, but not for the purposes of kicking out random people. That's not what they collude over because big businesses, yes, they do communicate with the government. And sure, if you listen in long enough, you're going to claim corruption, but that's not the corruption 
that that we're facing. It's not the one where they want to kick out all the poor people. That's that's not what's happening here. It's a different kind of corruption, which I'll get into. But your your other mistake, thinking that that they're they're colluding and and setting prices and and, and all that is is not what's happening. They want to maximize their profit. So of course they they have to collude. And when, when they see all the prices are, are follow, falling, they're going to talk to their representatives. They're going to be like, you're destroying the city, whether it's the lockdown from the, the, the global illness or it's uh, some, some unfortunate government uh, law that, that they passed regulation, like, like in California, where they, they said, uh, you're, you're no longer allowed to have contractors. Everybody has to be an employee which immediately kills businesses like Uber and Lyft. So when that happens, real estate prices can take a hit and then they will discuss the, the issue with, with the, the local representatives to, to fix what the local representatives did. But that's not the, the type of collusion and corruption that, that you're referring to here. They're, they're not out to destroy the little guy. Everybody needs the little guy in order to make a profit. They're out to keep government in check before government just destroys everything. Sounds to me like they don't want government destroying it because they want to destroy themselves. You see, this is what I mean when I say at the end of the day, everyone's just trying to target the little guys. The people are suffering. This whole, there, there's just so many reasons. Tax breaks, write-offs, free market. There's no free market anymore. And that's pretty much what it is. These, these prices are being held at a high number. We've covered quite a few reasons here none of which is because, hey, you know, salaries are going up and therefore people can afford it and nothing, nothing. These are, this property, which should be a depreciating asset as far as I'm concerned, because you're hearing weird squeaks. Things are falling apart in this house and every year it becomes more expensive. Jobs aren't paying more because... It's not the, the house that becomes more expensive. It's the plot of land, it's the location. So even if your house is crumbling, if the location suddenly, like what happens when Amazon builds a headquarters, if, if all of a sudden you're one block away from Amazon headquarters that just opened up, your house could be burnt to the ground. But that plot of land for one of these Amazon programmers that's making $500,000 a year, it, it, it's, it's super worth it to them to buy it from you for like $2 million, even though you had paid $100,000 for it, even before it burned to the ground. It's worth it for them to pay $2 million because $2 million is not that much for them. It's like four years salary. And then now they, they only have to walk to work a, a block away. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so the problem there, so Amazon comes in there and every house in the vicinity goes two, three times the price. And everybody hires a hundred people and the renters start jacking up the price and the people who don't work for Amazon, they suffer. This is why I'm glad that AOC kicked Amazon out of New York because it'll just destroyed everything. This is what I'm talking about. No, the New constant York... increase in rent because of this. It's... New York is destroyed right now. Are it you would have been me? even worse. Thank... Thankfully, they kept Bezos out of there. No, not at all. And then anyways, no, the, the people, the poor people around the Amazon headquarters that was just created in this hypothetical situation are, are not going to be 
upset or, or impoverished. It's the exact opposite. Those are the people who are already living in those homes. They, they own the homes and they now get to sell their $100,000 home for $2 million. And then you're, you're, you're saying, oh, well, where are they going to live now? You know, now, exactly. now they're homeless. Yes. Well, now they're temporarily homeless with $2 million. They could just go somewhere else that, that is in, in their price range. That's an up and coming neighborhood as opposed to now. Where is that? It can't be New York. They have to get out of the state that they know and love because no. everywhere goes you know up. That, you know that New York is not all New York City, right? What? Listen, New York, New York, New York City is the only New York that matters. Don't tell me about Buffalo and Syracuse. That don't matter. That may as well be Canada. The only part of New York that matters is New York City, New York, New York. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you, when you have $2 million, any part of New York is fantastic. No, because if if the land they bought from you was for $2 million, then that means that everywhere else in New York, New York is also going to be $2 million. No, not... Not New York, New York. Remember, you're going from the expensive place to the cheaper place because now you have your $2 million. So what I'm saying is you can go to rural New York and build yourself a palace. But no and one enjoy. wants to go to new, rural New York. They want to stay in New York, New York. And that is why then, it's a problem. And on, then we're still that, talking that, about homeowners. We're, we're not talking about the renters, though. The renters are going to see that increase and they didn't get $2 I'll, million. Dollars. I'll get to the renters, right? But even if these people wanted to stay in New York, New York, then why did they sell their place? They could have just held on to it. Just because Amazon moves in and all the prices mm-hmm. go up doesn't mean you have to sell your house. I mean, it's $2 million, bro. Of course you're going to sell. But that's uh, okay. 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 Yeah. Everybody wants to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Don't, uh, don't care about those people. Now, for the renters. Now, I can see... A slight issue with the renters because when property values go up, people want to capitalize upon it, right? Mm-hmm. They, they would rather rent to somebody working at Amazon for double, triple, quadruple, whatever they're currently renting it for now, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. But remember, it's not just a want. It's also a need. They have to do it because when you're renting out your property, you don't get any sort of protection as to tax increases. There's no protections against random tax increases for commercial properties. So in that sense, the government is going to force you to take this action. Even if you were a nice landlord and you wanted to keep renting it out to, to these nice elderly people that are living in there at the moment, you, you have no choice. Once the property values go up, your taxes go up, you have to increase the rent. The, the elderly couple can't afford it anymore. So you have to say, okay, I'm sorry. As soon as your lease ends, I, I, I'm going to have to raise the rent. And if you can't afford it, I'm going to have to rent it out to someone else. And they're like, oh, no, don't send us out in the cold. Okay, so yes, that is one of those issues, right? But whatever that elderly couple was able to afford for that home, they can still afford the same amount of money. All that needs to change is their location. They're just going to have to move to another part of town that is not uh, uh, enveloped in Amazon's aura of Perfect. inflating prices. I'm glad we went there because that's the problem, isn't it? It's that it's not that easy to get up and move to the other side of town. And if you look on a place like New York, where you may have been in the Bronx paying that amount, even the Bronx is now super expensive. So that old couple that's getting kicked out may actually get kicked out of the state altogether. 
And if you think about them renting while starting their own company in that area, then they've just overall gotten screwed up, just completely screwed over by this. And that's what I'm saying. Well, if they're if they're that broke, they wouldn't even be in that area in the first place. It's not even that they're broke. It's that they could afford this number. And then Amazon just swoops in, triples the price of everything. Okay, which look, is why I'm super glad again, that AOC kicked them on. out of New York. This uh, is again, why she again, saved New York. Again, she, if, she likes the little people, and that's, if that that's elderly, why I like her. If that elderly couple was that married to that town where they mm-hmm. loved it so much and it, it, it matched this number, if they liked it that much, they should vote AOC. Absolutely. They should have purchased a property when they had the chance. But they weren't willing to commit. So the, the person maybe who maybe they were saving up towards it. That's not the way it works. When you get a mortgage, you don't have to save up towards it. They the bank puts the, the maybe money they down wanted to save that 20% so they could they could have get that FHA. No, they could have gotten 30%. I mean, you know, no, you they know could have gotten they could have gotten an FHA loan, which is three and a half percent only. Now listen, what when when no, they're gonna pay PMI if you if you PMI, come on, 20%. man, that's like twenty dollars. Look, when th- when that couple is all hot and bothered be- or sad because they have to leave town because of, mm-hmm. of what happened with Amazon and and the rental price and everything, on their way out, if they could be so kind as to finally, after decades of never doing this, if they could finally be so kind as to talk to their local representatives and tell them, hey, you corrupt politicians. Lower the taxes. Stop squandering the tax revenue that you're getting from all the blood that you're drawing from your citizens and let us live freely for once at a fair tax rate. You know what? You sound like a scumbag landlord that's screwing over his tenants and trying to throw the blame on them. That's what I'm hearing right now. Well, you know, I got to keep my properties in co-compliance. Was your favorite advocate arguing on your behalf or have you discovered a new respect for the opposite view?